That's Lauren. And that's Lachlan. And this is We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Each episode, we're going to reread a chapter of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, and talk about it. It's a deep dive analysis, so it's a little more complex than just talking about it. Okay, fine. No need to go all daughter of Athena on me. Either way, grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of... We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. another episode as always i'm lauren i'm lachlan yes um and this, <laughs> i don't know why i'm like go lachlan <laughs> saying your name yes we know what our names are step one complete yes i i forget it sometimes you know i'm not like forget it forget it but like you know sometimes when someone like asks you what your birthday is and you're just like well oh if it's- someone asks me how old i am i always have to take like three seconds like three solid seconds to think about it when someone asks I don't me, even know what year it is at yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. And when someone asks me, like, what grade I'm in, sometimes I'm just like, oh. I'm not sure. Who knows? Also, Check with the registrar. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, this, <laughs> so this episode, we're talking about Chapter 4, My Mother Teaches Me Bullfighting, because Sally is amazing and perfect, as we all know. What a cool name for a chapter, honestly. Like, last time it got a little bit weird. Grover loses his pants. But now, Sally coming in like a literal hero, teaching some bullfighting. Yeah, no. less. Okay, we want them. less Grover stripping and more Sally, basically is what we're saying. More Sally being um, an action hero. So, it is an even-numbered chapter, which means, unfortunately, I have to give the summary... Um, and then hopefully we'll go, we'll talk about stuff in a linear way, which we have... Chronological order. Chronological order, which we have failed to do in the past. (laughs) Okay, so, this chapter picks up immediately right where the last one left left off. Uh, Grover showed up, he's not wearing pants, Percy's a little freaked out. Percy's very freaked out, and his mom says, get in the car! And Percy, like the good boy he is, immediately does it. So they drive... To an unknown place, apparently some summer camp, and no one ever answers Percy's questions throughout this whole chapter. He just, like, continuously is like, what's happening? What's going on? Um, there's some monster chasing them, and Percy is terrified, but he's saying, no, I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to give up on my mom. Mom, you're going to come with me, because I love you, and you're going to come with you, even when she's saying, you got to leave me behind. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's pure mother's love. And then the chapter ends on a bang with something happening and then percy doing something which is very good and then someone showing up <laughs> i'm like trying not to spoil too much that in, like beautiful the- no 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 i think you did a great job because if you went too deep like our last odd number even number chapter then we would have worked backwards again exactly so, I'm so just- i think you did an excellent job exactly so i'm just trying to like vaguely brush over what we did what's gonna happen because we're gonna talk about it like why would you want to hear what's gonna happen and then hear us talk about it again that is an excellent point and i'm really proud of you for coming to that conclusion thank you it's you know i'm in i'm i'm at college now like physically so my brain has like changed into <laughs> you, college you've returned mode. and therefore you're back into adult mode exactly i'm like i'm sitting in my dorm room and i'm even paying attention to you and not staring out the window <laughs> at the snow i mean i am staring out the window though just because there's a ton of snow and i'm watching people try to dig out their cars and it's really entertaining because i don't have a car therefore it's not my problem lucky all i get to see is it's snowing um which is very nice i like the snow and also i always think there's something fun about like reading a book that takes place in summer and it like really takes place in summer they talk about how hot it is they do summer activities they're at a summer camp so it takes place in summer and i'm sitting here and it's snowing outside and it's like 14 degrees and feels like zero or something yeah in case anyone is wondering it's been in the real field the negatives for like the last three days oh look it feels like one right now so at least we're back to the positive temperature that is a positive temperature (laughs) that's awesome that is positive temperature it's not positive emotionally but mathematically it's a positive number anyway anyway so we're recording today. We were supposed to record at one thirty, and I texted Lauren at one twenty-six, saying I am not done with reading this chapter. I have this plan where I'm going to read it the night before. That has not worked 
aside from the very first time we recorded. To be and fa- to be fair, I usually read. I usually read right before or like an hour or two before. See, you don't schedule meetings right before either, like I do. Well, no, I've be- already had like four meetings today. To be fair, this was more my fault. I did ask if we could change the meeting time. That so, is true. That's more on you, me. You worked against me. I did work anyway, against you. Anyway, so this chapter as a whole is, like, very intense, like, way more so throughout the whole chapter compared to the ones we read before. So you have, like, that energy just from the chapter itself along with me trying to finish really, really fast. It was, like, a very intensely emotional reading of this <laughs> chapter that I haven't had since the first time I read it probably. So I guess thank you. For returning me back to my 10-year-old days of reading this book, Terrified in the Middle of the Night. Yes, yes, that's what we're trying to do here. Um, But what I found interesting about this chapter is the fact that it's so action-packed. I had Mm -hmm. less notes, actually, because, like, Percy's doing stuff, he's doing this, he's doing that, and aside from, like, yeah, Percy, that's a good decision, and no, Percy, that's a bad decision, right? Oh, yeah, go (laughs) stab him, stab him, stab him, stab him. I have 31 sticky notes in this book. Yeah, we have, Just for this chapter alone. We take very different notes. I find that very funny that, like, our notes are so different from each other. We should post a picture of, like, our note-taking strategies on our Instagram so everyone can see. And, like, let us know what, what you think. That's Who's what, actually the crazy person we'll, here? We'll do, like, an Instagram takeover. Not an Instagram takeover because it's our own Instagram. But, like, on our <laughs> stories, we'll do that one day. Like, are you more of a Lachlan or a Lauren in your note-taking? Yes, let us know, because I I need to feel a lot of validation all the time. (laughs) But anyway, we should probably just stop talking about us and actually get more into this chapter. So I thought the way, like like we were saying, it's actually packed the whole way through. From the beginning, the description of the weather that they're going through trying to get to wherever they're going. So it says, we tore through the night along dark country roads, wind slammed against the Camaro, rain lashed the window shield. I didn't know how my mom could see anything, but she cut her foot on the gas. Which is the way I drive, by the way. <laughs> Just like, oh, is that a car? Um, as I once told my dad when he told me to slow, like we were once driving, and please don't judge me for this, but we were once driving like on our suburbia road, and there were like kids throwing balls across the street from each other, and they stopped throwing balls, and they like went back to the sidewalk, and I sped up to get through them, and my dad's like, don't speed up, slow down, and I'm like, I just want to get past them. What if one of them had run into the road? They weren't you going to. Kill the child. They, I was not going to kill a child. They were fine. And what's worse is they were my neighbors. So like, if I had killed them, that would have been so awkward. <laughs> awkward. You know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, I think we just start putting a limit on personal stories. Yeah. <laughs> so they're driving through the dark and the crazy wind and rain and. I don't know how Sally's able to drive through all this, especially considering, you know, she lives in New York City where she's probably not driving that regularly. But you know what? Great for her for having fantastic driving skills. Sally can do no wrong. Honestly. I also love how here, so it's been revealed that Grover's clearly been like hiding secrets from him this whole time, but Grover still feels the need to say like, I mean, we're, we're still friends. Like I wasn't lying to you about that. Like yeah, the and I to live on. I love how Grover phrased it. It's like, nah, me and your mom don't know each other. I mean, she knew that I was like watching you, and it's like, really, Grover? That's how you're gonna say it? And he's like, but I wasn't faking being your friend. I am your friend. Like that's the one. That wasn't even a question Percy asked. Percy's asked so many questions. Grover doesn't answer any of them. Percy doesn't question this, but Grover still like gives him an answer. And I and then I love how Percy then goes. So what are you exactly? And Grover's like, it doesn't matter right now. Like we don't have time for this. And it's like, you were able to like explain <laughs> like, to him once that again, you're Percy still asks, asks a question and no one wants to answer it. And that's like but that the happens throughout the whole the whole books. But it's just so funny mm-hmm. how it's just like, really, really, <laughs> this <laughs> this is the question. This is the question that you're not gonna answer. You're gonna say like, no, no, no look, look, look. I'm still your friend. Like, we're going to have an emotional conversation about our friendship right now. Like, it needs to happen. But I can't tell you what's going on below uh, my waist. <laughs> and then, and then, when <laughs> when Percy says that he's a donkey, Grover's like, oh, well, now I gotta, now I gotta talk about it. He's so offended by this. It's like, it's, I'm obviously a goat. How can you not tell? And then... I mean, it's it's fair to be offended by that. Hmm? That's a very fair thing to be offended by. I guess that is true. 
I mean, since I myself do not have cloven hooves or animal parts, I don't know how it would feel to be misidentified as a different animal. But it's probably like that's a core part of his identity. Also, or, just... or maybe he just thinks that donkeys are stupid and he's like, why would you call me like a donkey? Ooh, what if there is some like inter-animal, like, I don't want to say beef, but <laughs> some sort of rivalry between the goat and the and the donkeys there's you know? discord in the fandom it's like ithaca versus cortica oh, <laughs> for cool. anyone who knows anything about upstate new york very tiny colleges it's super relevant for us though super relevant but anyway anyway so grover is vaguely vaguely starting to explain what's going on he's like were those old ladies in the fruit stand a myth was mrs dodds a myth and then percy immediately latches onto that and says oh so you're saying i was right i was right this whole time I was like percy now is not the time no i think that <laughs> was talk about I, how you were right i think now is the time actually like this is the one thing oh. he's like sort of explaining but not really but like remember <laughs> percy had been living since what mid-march they went on the field mm-hmm. trip like mid March to about the end of June, plus or minus a couple days. That's uh, what is that in like real time? Um, that's one, two, three, three months. That's about three months. So three months Wait, plus or minus back, a few guys, weeks. He's been living this like emotional distress, wondering if he's going crazy. And finally, finally, someone's admitting that Mrs. Dodds is real. Yeah, I'd like latch onto that. I'd be like, I mean, that is true, but I feel like there'd be other things you'd want to focus on more. And just in this exact moment, you can always have a conversation about that later. No, no, I, I, I'm but, agreeing with Percy no. here. This is I. This is the hill I'm dying on. Um, I'm like, no, you gotta. <laughs> You mean I'm right? You mean I'm not going crazy? No, I, I agree with I agree with uh, Percy here. Yeah. And then once again, we have Grover says, you start to realize who you are. And Percy's like, wait a minute. Who am I? What do you mean? And once, no answer, because we got to focus instead on whatever it is that's chasing them. And Sally says, and we don't have time for that. Yeah, we, we can't don't talk have... about it. We don't have time for that. <laughs> Literally, there's too much to explain and not enough time. You're we'd like no you answer. to be, we'd like you to still remain ignorant. If you, if we, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we want you to stay alive, you got to stay stupid. So we're not answering yeah. any questions. And she's about to get you from safety. It's like, safety from what? Who's after me? And then Grover throws in, oh, nobody much. Just the Lord of the Dead and a few of his bloodthirstiest minions. Which Sally's like losing her mind. It's like, do not freak this boy out. He's already dealing with too much. We're not giving him any answers. So this isn't helping Grover. Yeah, no, I'm really Grover? Really? It's just like, and I love how Percy's like, obviously he was still a little miffed about the donkey comment. So I love how mm-hmm. Grover's just like, you call me a donkey? I'm going to tell you that the Lord of Dead lord of the dead is gonna kill you like that's oh my gosh at the same time i feel like this also reveals a little bit of background about sally because she clearly knows what he's taught what grover's talking about right and we'll find a little bit later on that that she knows a lot the parent of someone like percy it's very uncommon for them to know as much as sally knows which, which, which again, just adds to her coolness. Yes, which always, which also, and I mean, you see this more than even in this chapter. Like she says stuff and she knows stuff, and she, which there's like okay, there is some stuff you can just Google about Greek mythology and know, but there is some stuff that you can't just Google and know. So I'm wondering, like, mm-hmm. did she like? And also because she knew about Grover, does that mean that maybe she like had meetings with someone from the summer camp? Or someone told her stuff, or like someone like left her secret notes, or oh, I have a whole other sticky note. I have sticky note number twenty. I go into <laughs> Sally a lot more. I have a lot of thoughts about Sally. <laughs> as long as they're pro Sally, you're allowed to talk about them. They're they are always pro Sally. Are you kidding me? All right, and then okay. and then Grover makes everything worse. When he goes, <laughs> when he's explaining about the old ladies who cut the yarn, and he's like, "Those are the fates." You know what happens when they appear in front of you? They only do that when you're about to, when someone's about to die. And first <laughs> yes. like, whoa. Y- 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 what do you mean, mean you? Yeah. Um, and Grover just goes, no, I didn't. I said someone. And they have this conversation about that, which only takes like four seconds. But like, imagine Percy, you're hearing this. You're, your mom's driving a car crazily. 
you are were whisked away. Um, you had the worst school year of your life. You killed your math teacher. Your best friend now has cloven hooves and like hairy legs, and you have no idea what's going on. And all of a sudden, he says, "Oh, by the way, those old ladies you saw the other day, yeah, yeah, they mean you gonna you're gonna die soon." Especially when you combine that with the way Grover looked at Percy after they saw the fades with that look of he's planning Percy's funeral. So once yeah. again, Grover you know, <laughs> Grover does not have a great poker face or speech pattern. Can you have Grover a does not. poker speech pattern? <laughs> you know what I mean. He can't cover up anything well or lie when he needs to. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Ugh, thank you. Thank you. We got to get that into the zeitgeist. Anyway. And then then Percy has this, like, moment where he's, like, rethinking everything, and he's realizing, like, oh my gosh, it's all real. Like, what's... He's starting to put it all together. (laughs) And he finally, like, puts together that Mrs. Dodge, the way they're talking about her, she obviously wasn't human, and she was gonna kill him. Like, he knew that she was gonna kill him, but, like, he didn't know. And now it's, like, this is that confirmation where, like, I could have died right there. Like, that That was... I could have died. Yeah. Like, I'm, a, I'm in some serious, serious stuff now. Yeah. And that's a big thing to go through. Yeah. And he's starting to think about it a little bit more. Then all of a sudden, action happens. <laughs> the car is hit by lightning. Lightning! Yeah. Lightning comes into play. <laughs> so. I think we again, know who to blame for that one. Hmm? I think we know who to blame for that one. I think we all know but you know we won't we're gonna try we're doing a new thing right where lauren's gonna try to not spoil things for everyone lachlan gave me a list before the episode of like you're not allowed to say this or this or this or this i literally did i texted her I'm like this this thing that i know you're gonna want to bring up we can't bring that up until at least later in this book potentially not until the next book so no no, no. they they say they talk about it this book they do they, they do. do but so we're gonna talk still, about it this book still <laughs> Anyway, in like so, two chapters, honestly, I think is the conversation. Anyway, oh, wait, whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the lightning has hit the car. They're thrown off to the side of the road, and Percy looks through the windshield and can get a little bit of a glimpse during flashes of lightning of what this thing is that is after them. And I remember I read this description the first time, and I was like, "What in the world is this author on? This doesn't make any sense." <laughs> So he says he sees a dark silhouette of a huge guy like a football player. He seemed to be holding a blanket over his head. His top half was bulky and fuzzy. His upraised hands made it look like he had horns. <laughs> so I'm just imagining like a football player wearing like a like a snuggie over his head. <laughs> <laughs> holding holding his hands up? Yeah. Just like he's at a rave, but like a really, really weird rave. <laughs> Yeah, no. Anyway, and it's if you can't like, tell, I read this during the era of Snuggy commercials on TV. I had so. a Snuggy. I did too, and it was so nice. I, I never used so, it as a Snuggy though. Interesting. I don't know because I just I'd always wear sweatshirts. Also, my mom yeah. always kept my house really cold, so I was always wearing a sweatshirt. Well, there you go. Like, anyway. we, we kept it at like low sixties in the winter. So, they figure out how to get out of the car. Thankfully, not by going through the hole in the roof where the lightning had hit. (laughs) Yes, and it's one of those like I know that like he's not that much of an idiot that he would do that, but like I'm kind of that much of an idiot that I'm like I I mean like if if you're desperate enough and you have no other options and just go really fast. But and then and then Sally's like, dude, just go out the just go out the passenger seat. Come on, go, go. <laughs> and then and then here again, she knows stuff because she knows where the boundary is of yeah, the uh, says, of the camp. That's the property line. And you there'll be a farmhouse down in this valley that you can't see right now. And And it's one of those like that's not that is definitely not something you can just Google about Greek mythology and learn. So I wanna know how Sally knows this. Like, was she given, like, a tour of the camp at some point when it's like, ooh, send your son here, like a college recruitment thing? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I want to know that because that is something that she shouldn't know as a mortal. Yeah. Yeah. 
my first thought, like when I read this the first time, was what in the world are a bunch of farmers going to be able to do about this? <laughs> Followed by, oh no, Sally, she's going to stay behind because if she's telling him to run off. And thinking also about how scary this moment must be for her because she thought that she had more time with her. Like, she always knew that she was going to have to send him to this place, but she thought she was going to have a little more time with him. And it's already established that once he goes to this camp, he might not ever come back to her. We don't know what, why or what that would mean exactly. But she has always known that once he goes off to this other place, he's probably going to, like, live his life, do his own thing, and forever be separated from her. So she was trying to hold on to her baby boy. And now, all of a sudden, he might be permanently taken away from her due to whatever this creature is. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the farmers. <laughs> like, I I heard everything you just said, and I agree with everything you just said. But I'm just emotionally and mentally stuck on the farmers. <laughs> Well, I mean, I read this the first time when I was, like, 10 or 11 years old, and so I didn't really put together that this farmhouse was part of the camp, this destination that they're going to. Uh, that was just a random farm. Like, you know, there's, there's so many farms in New York. Like, it's, it's really crazy the amount of farmland the state has. I had no idea before I moved up here. I know, but, but just, just, but just, I, so... I, just I, so I thought it was just a random farm that's just like, this is just where they crash. I guess they just have to go here <laughs> because I was so young and like not a great reader as far as, you know, understanding what I was reading. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm just, so, yeah. So I thought, you know, there's a bunch of farmers with their pitchforks were going to come out and take care of business. I'm picturing like a marathon Gothic. Like, <laughs> exactly. Coming to save exactly. Percy. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a border collie will come out and try to herd the creature away. Get a yellow! Get it! <laughs> Go, Lassie! Oh my god. But getting back on track, Percy also came to the conclusion that Sally's trying to stay behind. And he is not having any of it because this boy, for the people he cares about, he's willing to do anything. But that also means he can't let other people do things for him. So he is not about to let sally stay behind knowing full well the danger of the situation that they're in because he's a good guy he is a good guy and he loves his mother and doesn't want anything bad to happen to her just like the rest of the world you know you're a decent person and you care about sally as you should so he grabs per he he is percy he does not grab percy he grabs grover (laughs) who is unconscious and mumbling about food but um, I, I agree with Grover here that food does make any crisis better. So and, I support my man Grover wanting some food in this moment. And honestly, like, I think Grover's the one handling this the best. He's like, you know, what? I'm going <laughs> to just pass out. You guys can deal with this. And I know that yeah. Percy ain't going to leave me behind. So, you know, I'm going to stay here. Yeah, I feel like everyone wants to be the Percy in the story. But I'm very much the Grover in this moment. No character development. I'm just Grover laying the grass. I can't deal with this. Everyone else, bring me some snacks. That'd ooh, be me. Ooh. Head cannon. 100%. Grover was faking. He was just like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. <laughs> this is just too much. I'm just gonna chill here. Um, <laughs> poor Grover. So they start to drag him. Percy finally, like, first of all, first of all, Percy describes the monster as someone who could be on the cover of muscle magazine which means that obviously percy has been looking at muscle man magazine in his spare time Mm -hmm. um but also he's his clothing choice is very um interesting for me because he's wearing bright white fruit of the loom underwear which clearly means a he has been to a store that sells fruit of the looms in his size and b he has some great laundry he does his laundry very well if he's managed to keep them bright and white. Either that or he just bought them new. I I, I mean, I'm a little impressed by this monster. Mm-hmm. Quick background on this whole thing about Fruit of the Looms. When I was in, I want to say, no, sixth, sixth grade, this was a question on one of my tests. <laughs> was what brand of underwear did this monster wear? Because I was taking, like, this special class that we go to, like, once a week. And as part of it, we were reading The Lightning Thief, and we had to take a good a quiz, you know, like a reading quiz, like you have to do for everything in school. And this was one of the questions, was what brand of underwear was the Minotaur wearing? So I, I've always had that fact just at the top of my head, ready to go. 
I went to a weird school. That's, That's what okay. you can take away from this. That's okay. We still, I still like you. You're still good. I appreciate that. Um, and I also love that he's got a uh, uh, a nose ring. I'm wondering if he pierced oh, yeah. himself. You know, like um, uh, oh, what's that movie? Uh oh, pa- Parent Trap style. Oh, Parent Trap, the one, the one with Lindsay Lohan. Yes, and then they had to pierce their ears. Yep, I I, I distinctly remember that scene. It makes me cringe right now thinking about it. I'm sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> Um, and then Sally anyway. proves that she's superior by being able to name the monster without naming the monster by calling him mm-hmm. Pat-Pat-Pat-Pat-Pat... Pa- 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 <laughs> Pacifay? Pacifay? We're going with Pacifay. Um, yep. If that's not the right translation, um, or the right pronunciation, actually, not translation, uh, let us know, and we will remember that in the future. Yep. Well, and then we'll, Percy, we'll probably remember it in that moment, tell ourselves we're going to remember it in the future, and then immediately won't. forget it. And I love how Percy then, like, tries to say him again, and Sally replies with, don't say his name, names have power, which, again, is one of those things she that... She Yeah. So I'm wondering if, like, when she and... Well, I've already said it, but when she and you-know-who were, you know, hanging, um, he, like, told her that. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I feel like would come up in a conversation with him. If she knew what she obviously did. Yeah. And back on the previous page, I just want to jump back here because I have, I have a grievance, not with this book, but she says, I can't cross the property line. He's not after us. He's after you. I can't go with you. So you got to keep going. I would just like to say, I know mortals as we'll discover, they're not allowed to go chill at the farmhouse, but they're being attacked by the very thing that the farmhouse crew has to deal with, there should be an exception. Well, there there is a clear... I would, I would like to take it up with the board of camp directors that there should be an exception to the rule in situations like this. Knowing what we know about the camp, the camp director, I don't think he'd care. He wouldn't, but I still think it's an important thing to just discuss. Also... Maybe have like, some public forums... <laughs> Maybe a letter writing campaign. No, but some we'll... real Leslie Nope style action. Yes, Leslie Nope. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we'll eventually learn that there are ways to get mortals and other beings inside of camp who you mm-hmm. wouldn't let inside of camp. But the thing is, you can't. Percy doesn't know how to do that, and by the time exactly. people in camp woke up or managed to realize that they were under attack, they they wouldn't mm-hmm. have made it. Yeah, no, no one could do anything. But and also, Grover might have known, but Grover, I don't know, would have had, wouldn't have been able to. Like, I don't know. Yeah. As a satyr, as we know, does he hold the same power at camp that a regular camper does? Yeah. Like, but know. also, a little, I little want to know about that. Like, that I adore. What? Mm-hmm. What? Oh, I, I was going to say, I want to know about like <laughs> the political balance of the satyrs versus the um, other satyrs versus the other beings versus the campers uh like the political power they all have at camp like i want to know that that it would that would be very interesting but fun little moment that i just would very much like to share it with everyone this is my favorite sticky note actually it's also the shortest one because you'll soon see that you don't need much more here but grover is trying to carry no other way around first he's trying to take grover up the hill and he says that he was surprisingly light but I wouldn't have carried him very far if my mom hadn't come helped. So my sticking note for this one is just Sally is buff. <laughs> Sally is swole. <laughs> Sally has been putting in the hours. She's been working real hard. She's been in training Probably for this. Over by herself. She's been in training for this. She's been ready. She's been preparing. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's ready. Yep. So, going back over to this thing, trying to kill them, which we know now, we can all assume now, is the Minotaur, you know. Percy almost said it. I think if you have a basic knowledge of Greek mythology, you're pretty pretty aware now. But anyway, so the Minotaur picks up... Do you call it the Minotaur or the Minotaur? I don't say Minotaur. I don't know. I feel like I've said it both ways. Minotaur, Minotaur. Is this going to be another another situation? (laughs) Well, like, because Toro is bull, mm-hmm. so I feel like it'd be Minotaur more. 
but I'm not I sure. I can't let I, you change the way I say every single word. No, but it's on it. Like right now, I honestly can't remember. It's like, you know, you say Nevada, Nevada. You don't know when you're talking about it or when you're asked. Mm-hmm. But like if I just casually use it in a sentence, I'm not sure what I'd say. Okay, so note to myself, I'll have to look at that up. Um, and let us know okay. what you guys think about um, which translation. <laughs> it's not pronunciation. Pronunciation it is. Uh, minotaur or Minotaur. All right. So anyway, (laughs) the Minotaur (laughs) picks up Gabe's precious, precious Camaro that's already been destroyed by lightning. Yeah, it's dead already. And chucks it very far down the road. It says it it skids for about half a mile after having been thrown. And then, to top it all off, the gas tank explodes. (laughs) And then Percy just remembers how Gabe said, not a scratch. And... We've gone way past that now. Yeah, it's, it's gone. Gabe deserves it. Um, and then Sally proves that she's the superior of the three yes. here by giving them advice about you're going to wait till the last second and then jump out of the way directly sideways. He cannot change direction. Which, again, that is not something that you would know just from Googling, no. I think. Unless she was, like, looking up bullfighting tips. But I, I even think, like, that's not something that you would find yeah and as i mentioned earlier sticky note 20 had a lot of my thoughts about sally we have finally reached number 20 that means so, we still have what like 30 to down. go yes yes it does anyway so i wrote down that i would love to stick a backstory standalone book on sally's life like during her time with percy's dad and what that was like as well as what she did while percy was growing up because she said earlier that she's been expecting attack for a while. We've seen all this knowledge that he has. So what did she do to prepare? Did she, like, go to boxing classes? Did she do all the research? Is she, like, best friends with all of the mythology professors at NYU? Like, I would love to know what she's been doing for the past 12 years. I just I just love the idea that she, like, knows all the mythology professors at NYU. And they all, like, talk about, like, you know, the, the, like, their new professor shows up. And they're like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. There's this woman named Sally Jackson. She's going to come in about once or twice a week, ask a question about Greek mythology. She, she sometimes thinks it's real, but we're okay with that. She's really, really nice. She makes these weird cookies that are blue. And she's very hot. So just be nice to her <laughs> and don't be creepy. Uh, because we like that she comes here and gives us cookies. Um, I really appreciate you supporting the set canon of mine. That's what I want. <laughs> but anyway, backstory for Sally. Backstory for Sally. Get that to my legs on Instagram. Did you? Oh no, 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 no that's it. not. I'll, I'll tell you later. I thought of something, and then I realized that that's going to be come into play later. But it's a head canon <laughs> that I read online that I loved. But it's not a head canon that we can talk about now involving oh, Sally. God. Anyway, I'm sorry. So we see again where she says, I was selfish for keeping you near me because she was worried about this attack for so long. So once again, she's feeling all these things of she might lose her son forever now in a very, very permanent way because she couldn't choose to give him up sooner when she knew all of this stuff was about to happen. So this is clearly a very yeah. hard decision to be. She's been grappling with for a long time. And I, I mean, also, I can't imagine. But with what's happening right now, she's she's losing him even if they survive either yeah they, he dies right now and she loses him or he gets to camp and he can never leave um mm-hmm. so no matter what she's losing him and she's telling him to go to live because she'd rather him be alive and in yeah. camp and be safe um than for yeah him but she to be and dead. Percy now like lost that ability to choose when it was going to happen how it was going to happen and yeah a good decent goodbye <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the emotional, like screaming at each other in the rain goodbye while the Minotaur tries to kill you is like, you know, it's a big, it's a big moment in their lives. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I somehow have two sticky notes labeled 18. That's oh my really funny. And the 18 one is where 22 should be. I, I can count. It's fine. Um, anyway. So Percy manages to, him and his mom separate. The Minotaur goes after him. Percy managed to jump out of the way once it charges at him. And mm-hmm. He has great instincts, I just want to say. He got instructions one time and was able to process all of it, internalize all of it, and not be like paralyzed in fear and actually do what he was supposed to do. I'm proud of him. I'm very proud. Yeah. He's awesome. 
And then the bull man, as Percy keeps referring to him as bull man, which I think is my favorite part. <laughs> He was told by his mother to not say the full word. And what does that boy do? Listen to his mother. Exactly. He's just like, bull man. So the bull man (laughs) turns around and sees his mom. Mm -hmm. So the bull man charges at his mom. But unfortunately, when she tries to step, sidestep, he had learned and he grabs her, squeezes her neck. She manages to choke out one last word and she tells Percy to go. And then the monster closes his fists around his mother's necks, and she dissolves before her his eyes, melting into light, a shimmering golden form as if she were a holographic projection. A blinding flash, and she was simply gone. This breaks my heart every time. <laughs> it's just so sad. So then... Percy uses and I, we we do have to remember. The... This is not a spoiler, but we do it, it isn't. But we do yeah. have to remember that she didn't like just like get choked out. She dissolved, <laughs> turned into light, and she was gone. And that's one of those things yes. where, like, the first time I read that, I did not get that. Um, I don't know if I just skimmed over it because I was like, oh, she's dying. But I did not understand that, and I had to go back. So I think we need to, like, remember that. You need to put a pin in that one and remember that one. And that's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like you either notice it or you don't, and you either notice, notice it, or you don't. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things here where they're so subtle that you don't really see what it's trying to tell you until you go back again and look at it, knowing how everything ends up. Exactly, and Percy does not get it. Yeah, he does, though, mention, you know, no, pause that. We're going to come back to it because I do have a sticky note there. So I will remember to come back to it. But in the meantime, Percy is like, oh, hell no, with all of this. You are not going to take my mother away from me and then also go after my best friend because now the bull man is trying to go after Grover. The bull man. And so Percy takes off his red rain jacket, which I just think it's really, really funny that Rick chooses to specify the color red here feeding into that myth of, like, red makes bulls angry or attracts them. I just want to point out, Mythbusters did just prove this. Really? And I watched Mythbusters a lot as a child. It was, like, my my most favorite show. I've seen... Kids TV, Disney Channel, no thank you. Mythbusters only. I've seen a bunch of episodes, but I hadn't seen that one. I saw the Bull in the China yes. shop episode, though. Mm-hmm. Where that was a good one. That was a good one. And then we had it on DVD, so we watched a couple episodes, like, multiple times. And one of them was the one where they, I forget what the myth was, but it was the one where they shot the cannon and then they like hit a house. Um, That's really funny because I would say like half their episodes involve cannons. Yeah, no, but, but like Yeah, but they, they did show that it was not the color that was the problem or that what attracted the bulls. It was just the motion. Really? So it could literally be anything. Interesting. So, yes, um, but I just think it's funny that he specified the the red raincoat that had never been mentioned before all of a sudden when he needs to use it to fight a bull it's gonna be red and then i love how he's like i want to insult this monster to get its attention and then calls it stupid and then ground beef yeah <laughs> which is beautiful you know he he gets better o- over the years this is his first attempt but he does he does improve with time he does eventually and one then- day yeah, one day he gets some good insults in. And then over time, not over time, wow, the next page, he says, I have an idea, a stupid idea, but better than no idea. And this is this is the first of many, many stupid ideas that Percy's going to have. But it all usually ends up being okay, yeah. mostly. So, so, you know, it like they always say, it's not stupid if it works. No, so, no, it's still stupid if it works. It's just not as <laughs> stupid as it could have been. Well, I agree to disagree on that. I want to support him here. <laughs> so he tries to do like what he did before with sidestepping, but he knows that he can't. He's going to hold out the coat and then try to get out of the way. But of course... This time the bull's too fast, so he can't actually get out of the way fast enough. And then we have this slow motion parkour type sequence where he jumps up, kicks off of the creature's head, 
turns around and lands on the bull's neck. So he's now, like, riding the bull. <laughs> Longest eight <laughs> seconds of your life. Honestly. And the I did also I, watch the first time, The first time I read that, I did not know how he could do that. And, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to mild spoiler alert. I'm sorry. But I spoiled <laughs> it last time. So we know that his father's Poseidon. I'm sorry if you didn't know that. Um, and the reason that he was able to do this was because it was raining. Which I did not understand. I'm just like, that's impossible. He should be dead uh, the first time I read it. And it took me, like, a couple of times before I remembered, oh, yeah, it's raining. Rain gives him energy. It's so that, or water gives him energy. So that probably is how it worked. Um, which is really funny because Zoo spoil. I can we say who caused the storm? <laughs> no, we can't. We gotta minimize the spoilers. But also, I don't think it's necessarily the rain. Uh, I feel like Rick takes a lot of leeway on what type of water is great for Percy, which you know we can discuss more on that later once things are really out in the open. But it could also just be that. I mean, he's not. <sighs> He's not mortal. <laughs> I don't want to like fully say this is so hard to talk about. But like he does, Percy does have like other things going on beyond just the regular human aspect. So it could also be that that he doesn't just have human strength. He has a little bit extra. Why? When, when he needs it. I'll give you that one, but I I think it's because it's raining. Also, mm. I think the rain yeah. adds an aspect to it. I take a little bit of issue with the amount of water that Percy has a connection with. It's also water <laughs> from like storms are technically because I mean Poseidon isn't really the god of storms and he isn't the god of like the ocean. He isn't the god of water. He's the god of the ocean. So really, if you go off the myths, it should only be okay. Yeah, we'll get into this later when it's yeah. like we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more. We can go on this rant discussion another time because this is like an actual in-depth discussion. But it's yeah. also like I don't know. There's some okay. I can't no. Move on. <laughs> so Percy is riding the bull. Yes. Percy's riding the bull. Back I've seen. Have you ever seen bull riding in person? It's so cool. I did watch a lot of it. As, no, I did go one time. I did go one time because they had to cover my eyes because I think someone got injured. Ooh, nice. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I did go. I, I think when I was, like, six or seven. I went with my parents, and my brother didn't want to go. My brother is like, I can't deal with that. Like, I can't deal with the okay. fact that people might get hurt or might die. Like, he's like, I couldn't do it. So we're like, okay. Um, we only made fun of him, like, a mild amount. Um, but me and my parents went and i loved it it was a lot of fun it was a good time i agree um so while percy's on this bull he manages to rip off one of the horns which is just an incredible feat of strength so i guess you know if you're raging out because your mother just got murdered then you know adrenaline you might have some extra strength to do some cool things adrenaline yeah. It's like, you know, how, like, mothers can lift cars off of babies. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Like, it's just the adrenaline and the anger and everything's coursing through him. And all of a sudden, he's um, dealing with this. And he's got this strength. And he's like, I'm going to use it. And he rips off the horn, which is so cool. Um, it is very cool. The monster gets, the I keep calling it the monster. The minotaur gets angry, charges at him again. Percy, well, first of all, Percy, when he fell off the uh, bull, hit his head on a rock, and his vision is blurry, and he's like, so he's got a concussion. Um, he's already had a hard enough time, now he has this too, but he also makes a note that the horn in his hands is a ragged bone weapon. <laughs> I just love that phrase, a ragged bone weapon, the size of a knife. So, and wheels are going to start to turn, could I maybe use this? And use it, he does. And I love how he says oh, it's, like, without thinking that he does this. Like, this is just his instincts. Yeah. And they talk about this later, like, your battle instincts and stuff, which we'll go into later. But it's neat how it's, like, kicking in now. Um, so this is, like, the first little bit of that. And he manages to roll to the side, come up kneeling as the monster's charging, and drives the uh, broken horn into its side mm -hmm. and manages to kill it. Um, and then, instead of just dying outright 
leaving a body, he disintegrates. Not like his mother, he mentions that, not like his mother in a flash of light, but like crumbling sand. Blown away by the wind, like Mrs. Dodds had. Um, and all that's left is Percy and Grover moaning in the, on the side, and this horn in his hand to remind him that it was all real. So he carries yeah, Grover. Think, oh, continue. Yeah. Well, I think like what he talks about here, making that clear distinction of not like my mother, but the same way that Mrs. Dodds fell apart. This is going back to what you were saying earlier about his mom and like the way that she vanished was take a note of that. He is clearly indicating that this is different. So keep that in mind in the future. But yes, go back to what you were saying. Oh, so then he he grabs Dr- Grover because he ain't leaving no friend behind. Mm-hmm. Um, pulls him down the hill, goes up to the wooden porch, and then just takes a nap there. Um, yeah. And the last thing he sees is a familiar-looking no, bearded man oh, and uh, a pretty girl. Uh, other comments first. Oh, I'm sorry. You gotta like. You keep uh, jumping ahead. We need I to. You, we need I to. We need to actually. Notes. I think. I think we need to actually see each other's face while we do this. For those of you listening, we like call but like i can see lachlan's ceiling and she can see my ceiling because we just have our phone we're calling over snapchat but i have to hold my phone near my face so you can hear me yeah we handle my book to flip pages it's not an ideal system we we haven't figured it out yet we'll figure it out soon hopefully in theory um well one day this will be in order that makes sense one day chapter four is not that day chapter four is not that day so, so percy kills the monster and immediately, so the monster's gone. There's not a body. It's just gone. The rain stops. And in the distance, like, it all just seems like very calm. There's not a lot going on. So it's this thing similar to what happened at the museum, where this crazy, insane thing happens to him. And as soon as it's over, it's like the world's gone back to normal and nothing ever happened. So it's like, it's again, this whole thing of like, what just happened to me? No one's here to answer my questions. No one else even really saw what happened. And it's just this interesting thing, like, he goes to super traumatic thing, and then it's like, oh, well, back to normal, I guess. But, I mean, that's... It's not interesting. That happens both times. Yeah, unfortunately, that happens to Percy, but this time, at least, in theory, he knows that at the farmhouse, there'll hopefully be answers. Or at least okay. Grover's in a position where he, where Grover kind of has to give him some answers. Yeah. And then he starts going down the hill with Grover and says that he's crying, calling out for his mother. I'd like to remind everyone once again... This boy's only 12 years old. And just thinking about what he just went through, like watching his mother die in his mind, you know, no, no, no spoilers on that. She's dead <laughs> for now. But um, so watching that and then having to fight this creature off he's never seen before and never had any training other than the two seconds that his mom told him what to do. And so like, this is a pretty awful thing. I think that we often forget just how young he is when all this starts. Yeah. So I just want to point that out again for everyone. Yeah, we, we... And I think it's also, like, because of where Percy is in the current books, it's hard to remember that he started out so differently. Like, mm-hmm. these books went on for a while. He grew up. Um, so you know... So it's hard to remember sometimes, like, where he started and where he came from. Um, and especially how young he was and how stupid he was because he didn't have these answers because no one ever told him these answers. So I think we need to, like, as we're reading this book, remind ourselves that this is not the, what we're, who we're reading right now is not the same Percy that is in the most recent books. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good point to bring up. So now we can get back to what you were wanting to talk about before I cut you off. Um... So the last thing he remembers after he collapse, collapses on the uh, porch is the door opening and two people walking out. One of them looking a little familiar and the other one a pretty girl with blonde hair. Curled like a princess's. Curled like a princess's. Uh, remember that, folks, because I'll, I'll have thoughts on that maybe in a book or two. But <laughs> keep, keep a pen in that for now. Um... <laughs> But that was her first introduction to a new character and a uh, old character coming back, which we will talk about next chapter when they officially get introduced. Yep. And then she says, he's the one. He must be. Which, again, we'll discuss more on what that means. It has so many meanings. Some Eh, more fun than others. I think it has a lot of meanings. In my heart, it has multiple meanings. To her, it only has one meaning. (laughs) 
when she gets older, she'll understand. She, yeah. Anyway, then he's like, silence, he's still conscious, bring him inside. This whole thing, I'm like, we can't tell him anything, we just gotta keep this boy unaware. Just Never answer. We can't talk about this yet. Never answer any of his questions, ever. Never answer the questions. So. That was this that chapter. Was chapter four. <laughs> I, it's so strange to me how we managed to, like, make the same amount of we managed to make this episode the same amount of time as the other ones, even though there's so much more action in it. Like, I would have figured that we'd mm-hmm. not brush over some of the action, but we wouldn't talk about the, some of the action as much. So it's kind of neat, that, but it's kind of nice that we um, still mm-hmm. managed to make it a full-length, long episode. Sorry to those who were hoping it'd be shorter. <laughs> it will never be shorter as long as I'm on this podcast. <laughs> okay, then I'm kicking Lachlan I, out. I have too many comments. You do. So, this is my one opportunity to truly speak my mind and speak my mind. I will. And we appreciate that. But I think we this appreciate is, this you. It's fun because it, it's such a huge change of pace. Like, obviously, like, things happened in the first chapter with Mrs. Dodds, but that wasn't the whole chapter. There's a lot of downtime, subtle background things going on. Two and three, same thing, just all very chill as far as the pacing even though again there is a lot of background and development there subtle things you realize later on but chapter four like we are in it it is intense from beginning to end chapter four we're now 50 pages into this book so we should be getting into it so this is uh uh 50 pages in we're getting to to camp for the first time and it's a uh i'm trying to find the last page it's a little over this book is a little over 300 pages at least my edition is Mm-hmm. Yeah, three three seventy five is mine. So the fact that we're like fifty pages in and just getting to it—that's like not just getting to it, but we're just getting to it in a way, in a way. Yeah. I mean, in a way, we have to just get to it again in like chapter nine. So spoiler we'll, we'll, alert: we'll get to it, to it eventually. We'll get to everything eventually. Eh, eh. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Okay. Anyway. Well, that's a wrap on this episode and this chapter. Thank you for listening. Um, Stay tuned next time for chapter five. I played Pinochle with a horse. And if you tell me to say it a different way, I will end this Snapchat call right now. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll I'll go over the rules of Pinochle. Um, oh, oh, exciting. At least the way my parents play. No, I won't. I will not go over the whole rules. We use a cheat sheet because I always forget. Um, but I've played it. It's very fun. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Come back for the next episode. We'll see ya. Bye. Hi, this is Lauren. I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast and ask you to follow our incredible Instagram. We post a bunch of really cool stuff on there, so I think you would like it. And by we, I mean Lachlan posts a bunch of really cool stuff on there. You should go check it out at Accidentally Vaporize Pod on Instagram. Thank you and have a good day.